You are joining Making a Difference with Melissa Clark, a new show that shares the compelling stories and voices of well-known and everyday people who change the world in big and small ways. Enjoy our guests. Call in, or just listen to be inspired. For this show was made with you in mind. Please join us every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with our special guests, and you can listen to our recast at www.melissaclarkshow.com. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us here on Making a Difference. Happy Saturday. I hope everybody had a fantastic week. I know that I did. Uh, we have such a special show today. It's going to focus on healthcare and self-care. Um, I have a wonderful plastic surgeon on, Dr. Shafai, who actually took care of my, I had uh, Vaser Lipo, I believe it's called. Uh, so he's going to discuss the procedure and um, everything that we went through and my experience. And then we have the wonderful Julian Farrell, who is a celebrity hairstylist. Um, and I'm just so happy to see these guys again. I work with them and, uh, and we're going to talk about a soft opening and uh, how we're all going to stay protected when we start going back into these businesses. But first, I have beautiful Dr. Caroline Whitney. Hello. Hello. <laughs> how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Whitney comes from Memphis, Tennessee. She is a patient-preferred pediatrician. She has over three decades of experience in her field and has been rated a five-star physician by her patients and many family and uh, families that she's treated over the years. Uh, Dr. Whitney is a humble and, ca and compassionate doctor. I've been talking to her for about two weeks now, and uh, she's just a wonderful woman. I'm so happy to have you on, Dr. Whitney. Um, she's been recognized uh, amongst the top 100 patient-preferred physicians of 2019 and was recently featured on the cover of Preferred Health Magazine. We're so excited to have you. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I am. How, how is it in Memphis, Tennessee right now? Overcast. How's everything? It's overcast. <laughs> it's an overcast? <laughs> it's overcast and raining all day, yes. But otherwise beautiful otherwise uh, are they starting to open uh stores over there or has um we have gradually started open you know beauty salons thank god i had to go to one but uh we had to we opened beauty shops nail shops and some restaurants and some fine retails wow i'm gonna have to head over to memphis tennessee to get my nails done <laughs> oh yeah It's a slow process. We're doing phases through one, two, and three. So that's how very, we're Very good. Very good. Just uh, be safe, and, uh, and we're just so happy to have you here. I just want to show the cover of uh, your magazine. We were so happy to have you on the cover. Um, how does it feel to know that you're recognized by your peers and your patients? It's a wonderful feeling because as a doctor, you know, it's a labor of love, but it also can be a thankless job. Yeah. And there's no greater praise than you have your colleagues, your family, your your comrades think highly of you and how you're a preferred physician. I love it. Now, looking at your career, um, when did you first know that you wanted to become a doctor? When I was 12. When you were 12? Uh, I was 12. Uh, I've been taking care of babies for 50 years. My mother was a neighborhood babysitter. And we would take care of the kids and, and watch them grow and nurture them and feed them. But my most definitive uh, thought about being a doctor occurred with my twin. I have an identical twin. She was 16 mm -hmm. and she was hospitalized and she had this severe abdominal pain and vomiting. And I knew that my sister was sick. Mm -hmm. And so my sister re was, you know, had to be readmitted and had to have an appendectomy. Oh my God. So, Can so, you can you explain? Appendectomy is just when you remove the appendix. Oh, she had remove appendicitis. I know. Yeah. Okay, you you say the doctor term. I'll say the layman's term. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm no, that's to... okay. That's okay. So she had an Okay, so she had her appendix removed, and how is she? Is she how is she? Oh, she's oh, she's fine. She's fine. But 
I realized there was something wrong and I told the doctor that. And because I was a 16-year-old, mm-hmm. they didn't pay attention to me. They didn't. Wow. What were her symptoms that she was having? She had, she had fever, vomiting, lethargy, where she was weak, uh, severe abdominal pain. And uh, it just radiated right at that right side and wouldn't get better. And she was just sick. She wouldn't eat. She couldn't sleep. All she could do is vomit and have wow. be in pain. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Oh, my God. I'm glad that she's okay because you can actually, how, how severe is that when you have appendicitis? I remember my mother had it. And if it wasn't taken care of at the right time, she could have it perished, they said. Yeah, correct. It ruptures. And it's not really the rupture, but the, the release of all that toxic pus and inflammation into the system can inflame the entire abdominal area and just just cause havoc and gangrene almost so it's really dangerous wow really dangerous. do we don't need our appendix is that right dr whitney oh yes we do we need do. everything that god gave us <laughs> we do need it but it's not as you know as necessary as like your heart your lungs your toes your head but everything God gave us has a purpose. It's just that it's one of those things that we can live without and function well. Okay. And can you explain to us what the function of the appendix is? Please. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of like part of the lower intestines. Mm-hmm. And then some parts, some people say it helps to get rid of, you know, fecal matter and things like that. That's why a lot of fecal matter gets in, inflamed in there and trapped in there. And that's what causes problems. Wow. So but it you, helps with the lower intestines. Mm. How is it to be a twin, by the way? What's the best part of, about being a twin? It's like, it's like having your best friend from birth. Oh. And you're identical. Yeah. Correct. We are. So when yeah. you're identical, are you in the same sack? Is that correct? Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. But fraternal, they're in two different sacks. Do right. I have that right? Right. Okay. Right. It's a little less in that, you know, maybe people are interested to know. <laughs> well, with, with identical twins, the sperm splits the egg directly down the middle. But with mm-hmm. fraternal, you have two different eggs that are fertilized by po- possibly two different sperms. Right. So, different. I love it. And you're a pediatrician. Correct. And how does it feel to work with uh, children? I love it. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're going to cry and whine and act like a baby, you might as well be one. So I can deal with children. I cannot deal with whining, complaining adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So children are wonderful. You, They watch you and they understand and they question mm-hmm. and they trust and they teach you honesty Right. Because children would children would just tell you the truth, but they like you, they like you, and they don't. And a lot of my babies don't like me when they first come in. And I said, Mom, just wait two years. She'll be my best buddy. And they usually turn around. I usually just love them to death. <laughs> so they turn around. But children so, are wonderful. Mm, so you're with these children from, are you with them from birth until they become Correct. an adolescent? Wow. Right. And uh, when I first started practicing, I was a hospitalist before it was popular. Mm-hmm. And I was in a delivery room with all, a lot of the children. And I saw them before their mothers saw them. So yeah. I have special bonds with those children. And I just, I would just remember them when they come to visit me and say, oh, I remember when you were in the hospital and your leg was turned funny. And I remember this. And they say, you remember that? I say, yeah. <laughs> but it's wonderful. You get a little legacy with them. Mm. I, I love it. And now, what uh, what in, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to get into medicine now? Because that seems like it's going to be a hot thing with what's going on now. So a lot of um, students are going to want to get into science and medicine. What advice would you give to somebody? I would always tell them, do it for the passion and the love and not the money. Medicine is a beautiful field, mm-hmm. but can also be cold and tiring and thankless. You have to love people. You can't love money. You have to love and have a passion for the people mm-hmm. in order to listen and diagnose. And I would always tell them, you, when you come into medicine, treat that client 
as if they were your family member. And you will not be callous, and you will be loving, and you will be considerate. And you're also an instructor as well, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. I instruct uh, not as many medical students, but more FMPs and medical assistants and nursing assistants. And I help them when they're going through clinicals. Mm -hmm. And I find that when we go into the rooms and we talk to the clients, I always tell them, don't look at what they come in. Go deeper, go beneath, because a lot of the reasons, the diagnosis they give when they come in are what we call admission tickets. They're just to get their foot in the door where it could be something actually different. And if you don't take time to interview them, do a great physical and history, then all the tests that you order will be for naught because you're not listening to the client. They're the best clue to what's going on with them. Always listen to a mom. A mom knows their child. And what do you think the easiest way is for a person to learn when you're teaching them? I think the easiest way for a patient to learn, for uh, my students to learn, mm -hmm. is when I just say, listen, there's no wrong answers. Let's go in there and let's find out. When they feel free to answer wrong, it's okay. That's the best learning. No one learns under a dictatorship. No one learns when you're frightened. You learn better when it is conducive to learning. We learn to correct in private, not criticize. Correct mm -hmm. in private and praise in public. It's the best way to learn. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's the only way to learn because then what happens is, is people get nervous and they end up panicking and then you can't even talk and, and you can't help out the patients. So that's, that's very good advice. Thank you. Um, as of late, we're staying on top of our health and the immune system. Uh, what recommendations would you give to a parent to support their children's immune system? What can they do now? Well, the first thing is proper diet, mm -hmm. proper rest, and just love. Children are so frightened because they don't understand this virus. Yeah. But this is a good turning point for parents to spend more time with their children. Both of you learning to eat healthier because you can't run out to these fast food restaurants and all these little hot dogs and McDonald's. But you're sitting down and having home-cooked meals. You're having vegetables. You're drinking water. You're having rest. You're spending time. But it's still important for them to have a little bit of sunshine. You have to let them have some sunshine and let them play. Because they're kids. And they mm. need to play. So their immune system needs to, I mean, you know how they say, like, uh, when you have germs, it's, you need good germs in order for your immune system to keep uh, building and getting stronger. So they want Correct. to play outside, come home and wash their hands, right? Like just let right. them go out and let them wash. Yeah, just in their backyard, you know, because you got to observe social distancing. We have mm -hmm. to. And we know kids. Kids going to touch. Kids going to kick. Kids going <laughs> to hit. But what we want to do is just let them go outside, get a little that energy out, just a little frustration out. Let them come in, wash their hands. You know, and a lot of times I tell them, wash your little faces because pollen is still in there. You still got to take care of that. But we were old-fashioned. We had to wash our face and wash our hands. You know, and a lot of the old-fashioned ways we're going to have to go back to because they were good practices. Yeah. Did you ever think in your profession that you would see this or in your lifetime see this, what, uh, this pandemic that's going on? Never. Mm. It really caught us off guard. You know, we've gone through serious things. We've had, you know, H flu, we've had birds flu, we've had Ebola. We have had different things, but not to the extent of this coronavirus or COVID-19. It's a new creature. It's a new animal. And we really don't know what to do because everything is evolving around it. And you're finding new factors. And soon as you say, oh, I got it under control. <laughs> There's something else comes to just knock us off the wagon. So it's, uh, it's an exercise in patience and learning and an exercise of caring and giving. It's not a time to be selfish. It's a time to help people. I agree. And how, how are you holding up in this pandemic? I, we're, well, in my office, we have restricted hours. Mm-hmm. 
we are we doing the PPEs with your gloves and your gowns and your masks. And we have reduced hours and we see the sickest patients maybe at a certain time. And I see my children, the newborns in the morning. So ex- mm-hmm. not to expose them to sick or older children. You make accommodations. It makes you more resourceful as a doctor. We do some telehealth. And, um, but the main thing is we get our patients taken care of. Mm. That's what we Have you had any COVID patients? Not that I know of. We yeah. never know. We yeah. Know, but not that I have, you know, have tested positive. Mm. And how is your staff and uh, your, um, how's your staff handling this as well? Do they come to you? Do they ask you for advice? In terms of COVID-19? Mm. No. <laughs> In terms of personal things? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but not work-related? Yeah. But not COVID, no. Not really. Mm. And when you're not busy treating patients, um, how do you spend your times nowadays? How are you spending your days? Well, I'm cooking more. I'm looking, I'm binge watching Netflix. <laughs> what are you and watching movies. on Netflix? What does a, a pediatrician <laughs> watch on Netflix? I watch everything, you know. <laughs> I just regular movies I never got a chance to see. Yes. Because I was already so busy. Or And then I'm just, you know, I look at cooking shows and look at gardening shows and look at regular movies you know and i said wow this is what netflix is like because i know people always say netflix and chill and i said what are you talking about i really don't have time to look at it because i'm charting taking care of patients doing things mm. but now you can slow down get a kind of declutter your house declutter your mind and, and just go on and do what you have to do very nice and what would you say about the state of the world today? And what are your hopes for um, the future? Do you think we'll go back to where we were? They always talk about a new norm, but uh, what do you think? I feel that the world has finally kind of been on the same level playing ground due to the COVID-19. I think it is either brought out the best of people or has brought out the worst of people. And this is a pandemic that affects everyone, all social classes, races, ethnicity. And it's not a time for politics. It's a Mm. time for unity. So I I think in ways we are becoming more united, but also in ways it's like a dichotomy. As Charles Dickens would say, it was the best of times. It was the best of times and it was the worst of times. You see the good and the bad and the ugly in people, but there's still hope. You see people gathering together and helping. You see people on the front lines, the doctors, the nurses, the sanitation workers, the teachers, people working in grocery So We're all in camaraderie with each other because we got to get it done. And I, I just hope that we will change and be more patient and have time for our families because we will never go back to, I mean, we may go back to seeing movies and going shopping, but I think the mentality has changed that we're going to start prioritizing what is important and what is not. And what about our mental health? What advice would you give to keep our, um, you know, keep ourselves happy and spiritually happy? The, the best advice I can say mm-hmm. is pray and know that it's going to get better because God is in it. And always have a, can I say, I always say that, always have a connection with God or whoever you feel comfortable with. I'm a strong believer in that. I I know that we can't do this on our own. And, um, you know, when people just don't believe in anything, it's just, what's the point of this whole thing? (laughs) You know, what's the point of life when you don't have anything to to believe in? Well, there's a point of life that somebody needs you more than you need you. Yeah. We start priority and taking it off of us because there's a reason for everything that happens in the world. And we're going to learn from this. We're going to learn what to do and what not to do. We're going to have to learn. We're going to have to come out of this stronger. We cannot come out the way we were before because it's going to, it inevitably has made us stronger and it's made us different. And so with mental health, allow yourself to laugh, allow yourself to cry. Give yourself 15 minutes to cry. Don't cry all day long, but give you a free time. Say, well, today 
15 minutes, I'm going to cry because I lost my job. That's okay. You wipe your face, and then you start looking for a job. Or you do what you can do. You learn a new trade. You learn a new skill. But you don't give up. And you don't lose hope. I love it. That's really great advice. Thank you so much. You're, you're an amazing woman. And I've enjoyed speaking with you these past couple of weeks. And, and so have I. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Dr. Whitney, you can find her at her, um, her website is uh, www.regionalonehealth.org. Um, so you can call her as well, 901-515-5800 uh, when, when you need a, a new pediatrician to go to in Memphis, Tennessee. So thank you so much for having us. Thank you for being a part of um, Preferred Health. And, uh, and we look forward to seeing you again. All right. It was so nice talking to you. You, you be careful and be safe. Thank you so much. And we'll talk All soon. Right. All right. Thank you right. again for inviting me. I feel very honored. Well, we're honored to have you. And we thank you so much. You're a beautiful woman. All right. Thank you. Bye, Dr. Whitney. Goodbye. Bye. And good weekend. Thank you. You too. She's so nice. It's so nice when you have nice doctors that you work with. Uh, our next guest is Dr. Shafai. This is my guy. Where is he? Is he here? I'm here. Hello. Where, where can I see you? There you are. <laughs> How are you? How are you doing, sir? Good, good. Uh, how are you holding beautiful. up? Oh, thank you so much. Well, that's because of you. <laughs> you have no idea what you've done for my life like if I can just say uh, I don't know if I want to get into this now I have some questions for you but perhaps can we talk about my my surgery that we had sure Quick, and then I'll sure. get into my my um get into my questions with you but I actually had Kybella done so um Dr. Shafai can you just tell us what Kybella is for under the chin Kybella is a um, substance is a chemical agents that uh, you inject to the fatty tissue and it melts the fat and uh, you need a multiple injection to get uh, rid of all the fat under your chin area mm -hmm. and for me i had it done not by you by somebody else um wonderful but it just didn't work and it was actually sitting inside of my chin so i you know i didn't know what to do and then i came over to you and you're like, well, let's do the, is it Baser lipo? Uh, no, it's not a dangerous as long as you know what to do, how to do it. Oh, no, no, no. I said, <laughs> is it a Vaser? Is it called Vaser lipo? V-A-S-E-R? Vaser lipo selection. Yeah, this mm. is an ultrasonic machine that only works on uh, fatty tissue and does not uh, kind of affect uh, uh, nerves or veins or arteries or anything or muscles. Just mm -hmm. the fatty tissue. That's what they call it, the uh, vaser liposuction. Mm -hmm. And I was a perfect candidate for it. Is that correct? You were a perfect candidate. You're young, beautiful, and you know you need a little uh, uh, extra fat under your chin that we just melted down for you. I was so um, I was very nervous. I actually wrote about it in uh, Preferred Health magazine. So please uh, subscribe to this so you can find out exactly what I went through. I, I gave a whole story and my experience. Um, but yes, I mean, you were just, you know, I want to just say for people who want to get this done and they're afraid to, please don't be afraid. Go to your doctor, speak with him. I sat down with this man for probably about like, what, a half an hour to an hour. And we sat and had a conversation. We got to know each other. And you actually have a uh, technique that you use where, you know, before we come into surgery, you want us to be mentally uh, aware of what's going on and, and know what we're going to get ourselves into. And then after we're done, you know, we, what'd you say? Take a picture. It's called the Shafai lift. Is that right? Yes, that's a, that's a, uh, a facelift. That mm -hmm. is a Shafai's lift. And it's a very limited uh, undermining of the uh, skin and then tightening the muscle under the skin and pulling the uh, skin back without any tension. That's why after the surgery, people, they look really normal. They don't look cool or wind tunnel uh, look. And uh, they can do this technique multiple times without looking uh, uh, abnormal. Yeah. 
All right. So yeah, it's just, I just, I had such a nice experience with you and I tell everybody that cause you made me feel so nice and Sylvia, but uh, you know, just the way this looks right now, I just, it gives you such great confidence because my parents had both turkey necks. So it's hereditary, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's hereditary and there's a lot of uh, people they have that, especially younger people. Mm. <clears throat> I go to my bank in, uh, my town and I see this girl, very young girl, probably in her early 20s, and she has such a huge turkey neck and I'm kind of dying to tell her to come and let me get this off from you, but I'm kind of embarrassed to tell anything to her. Well, you know, it's so funny. I was overhearing a, um, a woman talking about it at the nail salon before this whole thing started. So I actually gave you our phone number because she was talking to her girlfriend and she's like, yes, I need to get rid of this turkey neck that I have. And I'm like, uh, this is the perfect person to go to. So I hope they called you. You never know. <laughs> so we're so excited to have you on. We have you featured in Preferred Health Magazine. Uh, you actually won an award from us that you have in your office. And we, we yes, love yes, that. we have it in the office. Yeah, we're just so excited uh, that you were part of our patient preferred physicians. And uh, you've been a physician for over 30 years. Uh, what inspired you to get into plastic surgery? It, uh, it was really always I was uh, interested in uh, uh, nature and uh, natural and the beauty. And my mother had a nose job when uh, I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And when I saw the difference and uh, I said, okay, then I grow up and become a doctor. I want to be a plastic surgeon because everybody was talking that how, how magician is the plastic surgeon who did the job because my mom changed so much. It was unbelievable. Let's talk about when you're going to start reopening up your business. Um, how actually, how has this pandemic been for you? Well, I, uh, I was, uh, uh, closed my office for, uh, eight weeks, but in the same time, I donated my, uh, office to, uh, the hospital. Yeah, they can use it in in a case, and some of the nurses and doctors they don't want to go home to their family, uh, uh, and they stay overnight. You know, in my office, we have a shower and everything, so they can take a shower and go back. And um, now it's uh, kind of less severe, so I'm gonna start seeing patients uh, once or twice a week. Uh, and the way it works, that I follow the CDC. Uh, in, uh, recommendation. Mm -hmm. So we see a patient, for instance, at 10 o'clock, and the next patient is going to be at 11 o'clock. And uh, after I finish with this uh, patient, uh, my nurse and uh, secretaries, they clean all the doorknobs, the seats, spray the seats, uh, the examining room tables, everything that was touched, we clean. Uh, and uh, then I see the patient at 11 o'clock. So we see patients one hour apart, and we try to be uh, as uh, as clean as possible. And I uh, promise my patient that when they come to my office, uh, they they walk to the very very uh, clean and uh, uh, in environment, so they're not worried about uh, you know uh, getting any germ in my office. But the same for you as well. You expect your patients to be honest with you if they have had a cough or if they have been uh, in contact with someone who had the coronavirus, right? Yes, when they come actually in my building before they walk uh, up to my office uh, on, the, uh, on the ground floor, they check the temperature. Mm. They have to fill up this questionnaire and then they let them come up to the office. So they do uh, everything in the building before they enter the offices. I lost you for a second. You froze in time. <laughs> I don't know if it's mine or yours. You froze in time for a minute. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I wanted to ask you, um, this isn't on my questions, but you being a physician, what do you think about this virus? Because you, you were a medical doctor before you specialized in plastic surgery. Uh, sur surgery. So what do you think of this virus, Dr. Shafai? Well, uh, you know, these viruses, they're becoming more and more uh, strange and uh, powerful by years. You know, it started from uh, uh, N1H1 and then we go SARS and then go to Mars and all these things coming out. So the, 
countries they should be really for be uh, uh, ready for these things like Taiwan uh, is the country that have unbelievable there are 23 million people and they only have 800 cases and uh, six deaths that's right and uh, and New and Zealand it, New mm. Zealand totally uh, eradicate the virus in their country so have to find out how do they do it so we can do it in uh, in here too and it's so funny because china and taiwan are like right next to one another they're so close uh, yeah it, it, it is and uh un unfortunately there is a problem between these uh, two countries and you know but uh the health wise uh, i mean taiwan did amazing job you know to control the coronavirus mm. so well, um the, the same thing is, uh, as I said, in other countries uh, uh, like New Zealand, they also we have to find out how do they eradicate the virus. Yeah. Do you think it's, once we start opening that we will have a, a, a relapse or something is going to happen again? Well, they're always, uh, they're always uh, going to be a uh, little uh, uh, relapse like South Korea opened and they had in one week, they have 3,000 new cases. So mm -hmm. they end up closing again that area that they were opening. Uh, but it's, it's happened, it's, it's gonna happen, you know, it's gonna go up and uh, most of the people, they get this virus, and, but they don't get sick. So you can't really shut down the economy uh, because of this virus, because people are out of job, they don't have money to buy food and it's, it's horrible, you know, because you have to start and people do have to follow the instruction. I mean, people, they have to have a mask on, they have to have gloves on, they sneeze or they cough, go to their elbow, so they don't spread it all over the place and try not to, you know, to gather without the mask together and, uh, you know, socialize until this thing goes away. Uh, but people, we as a people, we can control this. But if, if we listen to the, to the authority, I think the, the country should open uh, and uh, slowly, but with, uh, with instruction as how they can follow and how to protect themselves. If somebody has a sore throat or develop temperature, stay home, call the authority that you have that, and they, you know, they want to test you. So staying home 14 days and stay in your room, not to be with the family. Because yeah. That's another thing you have to be careful. You can't just be in the family, stay in the home when you're sick because you give it to everybody else in your family. What have you been doing with your time at home? I'm enjoying my family. You go for a walk with our dog and, you know, it's, uh, it's unbelievable how wonderful it is to cherish these this times that you have with your family because these times they'll never come back. You know, they're going to get married and they leave. But now they're all together. We have uh, breakfast together, lunch together, dinner together. And then we watch, uh, we watch TV. And uh, it's, it's amazing, you know. Uh, one of my son is in Texas in Dallas, so he can't he can't come because of the uh, the the plane. They don't fly to New York that often. Yeah. Uh, so we do FaceTime. Uh, we enjoy, you know, FaceTiming every night. And uh, so it's uh, you know, my point to the people is to enjoy your family. Now it's the greatest time to really appreciate your family, cherish their being with you and you being with them. Uh, so I really enjoy it and I read and I listen to the music. Uh, I go for a walk. So it, it's fantastic. It's just kind of a forced vacation. <laughs> it's good. It kind of wakes us up, you know. Yeah. Life is very fragile. So enjoy your life today uh, as you can. Yeah. I'm sure you needed a break. You were working a lot. With your patients. Yes, um, yes, that's what I learned. You know, you have to really enjoy yourself uh, yeah. and not to work, work, work every day. And, you know, so it's, uh, it's kind of a teaching. We'll never go back to normal no. um, after this. It's going yes. to be totally, totally different environment for everybody. Mm.
Because you have two offices. You have one in New York City and you have one in uh, Summit, New Jersey. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The New York office uh, was closed in, in uh, March uh, and the uh, New Jersey office was closed in March uh, 16. Wow. So we still closed. The New York office is completely closed. You know, on, oh, so you're not opening up New York as of yet. You're opening up New Jersey. No, I'm going to open New York uh, in, in June. Uh, but, um, you know, they use the office for some, some uh, people in the hospital. They use the office. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I, gave, uh, I gave all my uh, ma masks and gloves and IV poles and uh, oxygen uh, monitors, you know, to the hospital to uh, use because they were in shortage. Uh, so mm -hmm. when I come back, I need to get those things. And unfortunately, you can't find them anywhere. Every place you call and they said, oh, we are back orders, back orders. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was really, that was nice. I mean, I, 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 you're so wonderful that, uh, that you're Thank doing you. all this. Thank yeah. I, I appreciate you very much. And we appreciate you being on this show and uh, I can't wait to see you soon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. thank you so much. You can find Dr. you can find Dr. Shafai on Instagram and uh, just provide us with your email address, uh, not your your um, website, please. It's uh, medfem dot com or uh, farushafai uh, md dot com. Thank you, Dr. Shafai. It was wonderful My to pleasure, see you. Marisa. It was a pleasure you. seeing you again. And I'll see you Take soon. Care now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Be well. My pleasure. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Where's Julian, Mr. Farrell? Is he here? Hi. Can you hear me? Hi. Hey, how are Hi. you? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? It's so nice to see you. Let me put this so I can see you. There you are. How are you guys doing? We're doing, you know, as good as we can. We do yeah. different things. We've been closed since uh, March 21st. So since that, um, we, we wait a bit in New York. And then on May 1st, we finally move uh, to Eastampton, to our house in Eastampton, because mm. Uh, the children, uh, we found out like the children were not going to go back to school. So there was no reason right. to stay in New York. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we have uh, more uh, activity to do up here. You're, so, you're in a beautiful spot there. We are in a beautiful spot. But, you know, it's not easy to... I was listening to what the doctor uh, was saying before. It's not mm -hmm. easy to uh, enjoy family, enjoy everything when you don't have a schedule because we are depending on, you know, we have a community to take care of, you know, we have 120 yeah. people. Yes. Uh, so, and then we have, of course, our, our client and we have an incredible uh, communication with them and uh, uh, our communication with uh, PR operation, um, thinking about what's going to be to the next and when we're going to reopen. So all that, and of course, our products company with different uh, zone time in, uh, in Europe also. So all this take time and you end up working 24-7 on Sunday, on Saturday, uh, on every day. So I almost like better to have a life where it's actually your time where you work hard and for many hours and then the time where you actually chill um, out. So, but it's, um, listen... It is what it is. We have to go with uh, what the eventment is, and and uh, also that teach you a lot of things. Like uh, life is fragile. It really you know? is. Yeah, and you have such a beautiful family. I like watching yeah. your pictures, and you guys are able to be with one another. And uh, we actually had Julian Farrell. Julian Farrell is a um, stylist, a celebrity stylist. He's worked with people such as Barbara Streisand. Uh, this man has worked on so many beautiful, influential hair, and he has a wonderful salon that I love so much uh, at the, is it the Regent Hotel? Regency, Regency Laws Hotel in New York on Park Avenue, 61st and Park Avenue. Yeah. And so we have a large operation there. 
Yeah, so I wrote about him in uh, Preferred Health Magazine, and uh, the salon is absolutely gorgeous. Very clean, beautiful. There's a gym, there's facial, anything, makeup. I had my makeup there, hair and makeup done for um, a couple of events. And uh, this, this wonderful thing. You know how many compliments I get on my hair ever since I've used this? This is... That's a, that's a game changer. It really is. That's my uh, only shampoo. You know, Melissa, I have more mm. hair at 50 years old than when I, when I was 40. Really? But I only use that products, nothing else. That's my shampoo. Mm -hmm. it's, a non, it's a non foaming shampoo. So if you go on uh, our uh, video, uh, YouTube, or on our um, um, Instagram, you will see how easy it is to use because it's only one process. Yes. And, I, and as I wash my hair between seven to 14 times a week, mm -hmm. um, I needed to have something who's going to actually help to uh, strengthen your follicle and your roots, as well as give the glam and take care of the hydration of the scalp uh, instead of using a detergent who's going to dry out my, my hair follicle, my, my, my scalp, and therefore could brought me to a hair loss. So this is my magic. And this is, you know, we have two SKU. One is for color hair, one is for non-color hair. Mm -hmm. The one you're having now with the pink is color. Mm -hmm. The non-color is blue, but um, is orange and blue and orange and pink. I love this so much. It makes your hair feel so, it doesn't weigh it down, you know? And everybody asks me, I get a lot of compliments on my hair. And ever since I use this, um, and you know, this is, you're not paying for me, you know, you know what I mean? Like the, the, I, I, when I believe in a product, I want to tell people about it. So I really appreciate that, uh, you know, you gave this to me and I, I love using it on my hair. And you always say to make sure that the, the uh, water is hot. So it goes, so it keeps this with the hydration. Is that correct? When you use this? Correct. Yeah, and it's also uh, one thing of this is, uh, about this shampoo. It's a non-foaming shampoo. Right. So don't think like you're going to have big bubble and big uh, sud. It's not. If you want, when you use it and feel like it's more like leathering, you had water. So it's going to make it more like, a, you know, very easy friend. But yeah. then, uh, so I mean, like it's so, if you look at my video, it's so fast to use. And the most, the best result is to see like, you know, we're going to be able to help to keep our hair alive for life. Mm -hmm. What is for me the biggest challenge in our industry instead of just selling you a, a soap with a different perfume by another celebrity, uh, you know, hairdresser or celebrity or athlete or whatever it is. So it's very important for me like to change the way we wash our hair. When did you start getting into hair? You were pretty young, you were telling me. I was 14 years old. Mm. You know, I grew up, I was in a professional uh, soccer school to become a professional soccer player. Mm -hmm. And um, and I, uh, when my parents divorced, that's where I started to have a, a challenge. And I did not show up to some very important training for the, for, for the country, for mm -hmm. the national team. And then I got... Uh, uh, I did not get asked a second time, you know, I miss my, uh, my time and it's, uh, maybe it's okay because as I said to my dad all the time, I may be like a, a lousy soccer player in a, a team B, who knows? Yeah. I say, you know, I did my road and I think that was my destiny. And then I started doing hair in my grandmother's kitchen, doing her hair. And I went up from that. And uh, I've had my hair cut by you and uh, I love just the focus that you stay in and you're just very concentrated when you're doing it. And you don't talk to anybody. You're, this, this is like your main priority. What zone do you get into when you're cutting somebody's hair? Well, I grew up, you know, in a sport, in the sport industry and sports school. And when you're in a sports school, we teach you to stay very focused. So when I cut hair, is like being an architect and every hair needs to have a line to match the hair who is above, 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 above. Mm -hmm. Therefore, when you do your layer or you do your line, you need to make sure everything is connected. It's what I call the geometry in a space. 
and you basically build a volume on a space. And therefore, for me, it was very important to do that and to focus and to stay very focused and be in my own zone, in my own cave on the minute I cut because every haircut has to stay between two to six months as our clients fly from all over the world and they don't have sometimes the chance to come every month. So they need to really stay. And they are, they are pricey, so you need to make sure they grow very nicely together. So when I saw you, my hair was up to here. And it, this is, now you're the grow. last, yeah, you're the last person to cut my hair because you said I want it to grow out perfectly. Mm. Yeah. And it has. It's, it's, it yeah. has. You're... Yeah. That's and great. It, you know, what's so great about you is that you'll treat me the way you treat Barbara Streisand or you'll treat, you know, you just, you're just a wonderful person. And, uh, the people that you work with are amazing as well. You have great makeup artists and hair. I can't thank you enough for everything that you do. We have a full salon business with over 120 employees, 10,000 square feet. That was before the pandemic, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and doing from facial to uh, any aesthetic, any wellness, fitness, you know, and every men's, uh, men's color cut, of course, and uh, nails. I mean, like everything you can think about wellness and beauty, we are into it. But uh, what is um, we're going to see now when we reopen, how it's going to be. So, but the main thing is when you said about how we treat people. Yeah. We treat people, it could be you, it could be Barbara Streisand or Gwyneth Paltrow or Salma Hayek or Catherine Deneuve or Richard Gere and on and on and on. I treat people like everybody else yes. because people are people and people have a heart, people have feeling. And I think what we really give to people is to make them feel good. Yeah. And that should be for everyone. It's not about your, uh, you know, your social uh, um, status, great, mm. right, or, or, or your color, or your race, or your whoever. It's like it doesn't matter. You're people, and for me, it's very important because you know I came in America with nothing, and I was sleeping on the floor in Brooklyn, and uh, I had less than two thousand dollars, and uh, this country have given me everything, so. I, I know where my feet are and I know where my roots are and I don't ever that to change. You're so wonderful. And so is your wife. You guys are really very nice people. Thank, thank you. you so thank, much. thank you very much. Let's talk about what uh, you plan on reopening. When do you plan? So we're, we're planning or reopening uh, uh, yesterday. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that did not happen. So yeah. now it looks like... Uh, you know, uh, phase one's been pushed in New York City at least until June 1st. Mm -hmm. And we are not going to be in phase one. And I say that because the doctor are phase one and they will reopen on June 1st. And they were supposed to uh, reopen on Monday and they get pushed to, uh, to, uh, to June 1st. And for us, it looks like uh, we could be in phase two, I hope. So that will be June 16 or at the end of June. We are ready. We have bought everything. We are a very clean salon to start, but yeah. now it's gonna it's gonna be over clean. That means like 120 people instead of all be together at the same time. Now it's gonna be uh, by zone and by team. So right. we're gonna have the people to only do shampoo. We're gonna have the people who only do. Uh, um, um, there will be no more check in, uh, check in check out. Really? It's gonna, no, mm. it's gonna be very. Uh, touchless and every hairdresser or colorist or everybody we sharing our time so we used to start at uh, eight and finish at eight now every day we're going to start at seven thirty and finish at nine or eleven right. and it's going to start you know it's going to be seven thirty to two thirty and two thirty to the rest of the day so and then they're going to be half of the team and we're going to work to make sure like we we are not all in together at the same time right that's the smartest uh, thing that's the smartest thing that you can do yeah and also we're gonna have uh, uh we're gonna have as well the um you know the mask and the protection the 
everything, the glove, the mask, the, the, the pump. I mean, like we have a whole scenario into it. It's a, it's a very... Uh, Sorry, the customers are going to wear the um, masks as well. Yes, yes. The customer will have a whole protocol to follow through because we can't take a risk for our community, for our, for our employee, for the hotel, or even for the health of the client. We want everybody to be healthy and to be secure. So we're going to have, we have a special protocol who's coming. It will be sent ahead to the client. The temperature will be taking before they get into the building. Yeah. And there is a lot of not what, like the doctor said, they will have to sign before and they, they're going to have to really sign. And if they had it to make sure they, they are, they are free. The same thing, like any technician who had, uh, if they're not having a note by the doctor, like they completely clean they will not admit on premises. We can't take a risk to be, uh, no. to, to do that. I mean, it's been two months we haven't worked and uh, it's, um, it's a lot. Well, so, we, look, we look forward to seeing you and uh, we wish you a um, successful soft opening. And uh, thank you so much for your time. You can find Julian. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you, sir. Uh, please head over to Amazon. I think you can pick this up at Amazon. Yeah. And you. on and on julianforrell.com and follow us at julian Farrell. we always have a lot of story to give you yeah. and uh, we are very uh, into uh, uh, showing what we uh, to, to 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 remain human people and aspiration at the same time Absolutely. beside the blue beautiful hair and Merci he actually beaucoup. He Ah, oh, merci. Thank you so much. And he actually did uh, Dennis Basso. He is the uh, hairstylist for all the models uh, in Fashion Week. Uh, so he's pretty amazing. Please give Sulin my love and uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank Bye, you, Melissa. sir. Bye. 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 Thank you Happy guys weekend. so much. You too, sir. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us uh, this Saturday. Please uh, subscribe to Preferred Health Magazine. Uh, we give you a lot of information with love and care, and it's coming from a great place. And we're so happy to have these wonderful people on. How exciting. So thank you so much. Have a great week. Please check out my video with Misty Hoffman. Uh, she is a respiratory uh, therapist and we had about a two hour conversation. Uh, just head over to my YouTube and uh, go over to Pandora, iTunes, iHeart. Just subscribe. Uh, and I really appreciate everybody that watches the show and uh, that loves it. And to my sister, Vicki, I love you. She's the best. She always watches my show. Thanks. Have a great week.